1: And welcome to Sports Info UM. Hey, my man Sam is not in, not with us yet, but he will catch up. Hey, this weekend sports: famous Jameis Winston wins the Heisman Trophy. He's the third Florida State quarterback to win this Heisman Trophy, and let's hope he does a good. Let's hope he has a very good representation. Something like uh, Chris Winkie or even Charlie Charlie Ward. Charlie Ward was probably one of the best representatives. Of the Heisman Trophy ever, and let's hope that Winston can um, continue with this kind of this kind of effort in his representation of the Heisman Trophy. And, and you know, a lot of people will say um, Johnny Manziel caught a raw deal in this year's Heisman Trophy. Um, you know, Manziel his he came up fifth in the voting. How in the world could a man? play as well as he did. And right now, if they had the draft, I'm not so sure that Winston would be uh, ahead of Johnny Manziel in the NFL draft. And I think Manziel is probably going to go in the NFL draft this year, which would make him, um, you know, some people, we, they have him in the top 12 picks as uh, as an NFL player. And I could see that. You know, I think he's a very good player. I think he's, um, he's earned that right. So, but when, when When we look at Charlie Ward and Chris Winkie, Chris Winkie won this award in 2000. Charlie Ward won this award in 1993. And a lot of people thought it was the biggest injustice when Charlie Ward was not drafted in the NFL draft at all. However, he was a first round pick in the NBA draft and had a, uh, I would like to say, illustrious career uh, with the, uh, with the New York Knicks and uh, maybe a couple other teams in the, in the, in the NBA. But, um, you know Johnny Manziel, who won the Heisman last year, he he fi- he finished he finished just ahead of Trey Mason of Auburn, and you know um, I I just can't see where AJ McCarron had such a a much better year than um, than Manziel, you know. And we we hear the stories about this kid Jordan Lynch. He's going to have a, a nice career from Northern Illinois, and we know that um, Boston College running back Andre Williams. He's going to have a, he's going to have a nice NFL career too because he is a running back. Well probably won't be as long as some of these quarterbacks that were in this draft, but we expect him tonight have a nice NFL uh, career. And as far as um as far as uh, Ty Mason. You know, a lot of people say he he wasn't even in the Heisman conversation until he um, until the last two games of the season uh, when they played Alabama. He had an awesome game, and then in the SEC championship, he ran for three hundred yards against Missouri. So, you know, a lot of things fell in his lap to get him uh, get it get him even in the conversation. And by him being in this conversation, I think it um it it only it only adds to his his career, it helps him in the NFL draft, it helps him coming back next year. He'll definitely be an All-American. He'll be first-team SEC, and I'm talking about um uh, Tay Mason, the running back for Auburn. He will be definitely be the, uh, NFL, the, the SEC top dog running back next year, for sure. But, you know, uh, the biggest story of this week, it might not even be the Heisman Trophy as much as it, as as much as we probably look at it and say, "Hey, wow, the coach for the Houston, not not Houston, the Texas Longhorns coach stepped down." That's big news, you know, because Mack Brown has been there for a long time—sixteen years—and and when we look at it, sixteen years ago, Houston Texas football was just. It was just okay, you know. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. Uh, Thirty-five years ago, they had Earl Campbell, and Earl Campbell was a real deal. But Texas football was just just in, just existing. It was not not anything special, you know. But Mac Brown um, brought two national championships to uh, to to the University of Texas. Uh, Vince Young had an illustrious career at the University of Texas. Um, I was, I was surprised that he stepped down. I thought he was going to maybe even bucket a little bit and, and stay around and make them fire him. And, you know, we hear all the stories about, um, you know, um, people wanted him gone. They thought that um, his, his, he, didn't, he didn't connect with the players anymore. But when you, at, when you look at Matt Brown and Saban, the coach for Alabama, they're the same age. So I know you know we look at Saban as this kind of like young energetic guy, and we look at Mac Brown as kind of like a older older gentleman, kind of almost ready to retire. And I just don't I just don't feel that I'm not so sure if is, if Mac Brown is done with college football. I think we'll see him um, see him coaching somewhere. You know, he's already got plenty of money from from Texas. They set him up big time. So I, I could see him um, I could see him possibly um, uh, possibly going somewhere else and coaching and, and and doing a good job of it too. You know, I th- I think um I think it's time for him to um to maybe sit out this year, but I think he'll be back um very soon, very very soon. And 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 I guess another big story is the Gators. The Gators quarterback, Murphy, all of a sudden decided that he he no longer wants to be with the Gators um, next year. He's he he's, he's leaving us he's leaving the florida gators football program you know and I, and that comes as a big surprise to a lot of people it's and I, it definitely comes as a big surprise to me you know but right now let's um let's, let's let's talk about um the the nfl from last week you know um we didn't have any college football game uh um, but we did have the NFL, and a surprising, the Cincinnati Bengals, just when a lot of people thought that this team was ready to ready to jump off and do some serious damage, maybe even make this playoff run, maybe even go deep into the playoffs, some people were expecting them maybe even go to the Super Bowl. The Pittsburgh Steelers come in. They go into um, Cincinnati, go into Pittsburgh, and get it handed to them. I mean, just get just got manhandled. Before you know it, the score was 21 nothing, and, hey, uh, it's hard to win in the NFL when you're down by 21 points. And Pittsburgh won 30 to 20. You know, um, a lot of people are saying, hey, Marvin Lewis, you've been there a long time, but you have not won a playoff game yet. And I think it's time for Marvin Lewis to step it up and get at least get one playoff victory under his belt. Yeah, but Yeah, And also, um, the Green Bay Packers went to the Palace in Dallas, Texas and came out victorious. And here it is again. We're talking about the same thing. Tony Romo, Tony Romo, Tony Romo. Tony Romo and interceptions go hand-in-hand in hand late in the game. And here, here it is again, late in the game, late in the fourth quarter, Tony Romo throws two interceptions, um, you know, <laughs> Former wide receiver at the University of Miami, Sam shields, who's now a defensive back for the Green Bay Packers, made a beautiful spectacular interception on Romo late in the fourth quarter that really turned the game around and in dallas cowboys they just didn't they just didn't have it you know you hate to say they didn't have it because here it is another uh, a team that was winning uh, by a big margin late in the game and just could not could not pull it off yep but hey um. Arizona and their coach, Arias, you know, we always talking about, um, you know, what's going on with Arizona? Well, the Arizona Cardinals, they've actually, um, put on a, they're on a four game winning streak right now and doing a darn thing. And, uh, and I'm telling you, I really think this team, this is a, a playoff team. You know, you look at this kid, Mendenhall, he's, he's, he's a, he's a good runner, but it, you know, he wasn't good enough for, um, for for the Pittsburgh Steelers when they had him, and now he really looks like he's he's making a serious effort in um in in um in Arizona and 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 putting on and putting on a show for them. I, I give him credit, you know. I I think Mendenhall. He he. Sometimes you need a, a a a change of scenery to um to actually you know make life better for you. You know, uh, it's an old it's an old uh, 50 Cent song called Up in the Club. He said. Uh, switch your style up and watch your money pile up. And it ain't always about the money. It's about, you know, changing your style. Don't keep doing the same thing. Do something different. And I think Mindenhall got a, 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 an excellent opportunity to uh, to do some things. Hey, but the New Orleans Saints, you know, just when we thought this is another team that we thought was truly a, a playoff-bound team, a team that was going to do some serious damage in the playoffs, well, they go to St. Louis and get it handed to them, 27-16. And I tell you, um, you know, St. Louis is, is is a team that's that that is to be reckoned with. You know, I don't think we, I don't think this is a team that should be taken lightly. I think this team is a team that 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 sh, that should be reckoned with in the um in the playoffs. Yeah. And and yesterday, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Wow, our helpless Jaguars did what they always do. They 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 played a played a decent game, but they still came out short, came up short. And and this is what we expect from the Jaguars on a on a weekly basis. We've come to figure this out all the time that the Jaguars just they just don't have it. In them, you know, um, the Buffalo Bills came to Jacksonville and, and beat them. The weather was actually kind of nasty early in the game. I went to this game and uh, I saw I saw an NFL game for the first time this year in person, which was actually it was quite fun. I had a great time, and um, and the weather was was kind of shaky at first, but it turned out to be very nice. But I said again, the Jaguars they just could not could not come up with a victory. Um, Henny threw an interception late in the fourth quarter, and they just could not come up with any, with a victory. You know, Jones drew played Harley at all in this game, and you wonder what's the deal with him. They say he's suffering from a little low, a lower leg in, injury, but. You know that's what is that in the NFL this time of year everybody's suffering from some kind of injury, and I will say this: um, Emmanuel uh, EJ Emmanuel looked very nice yesterday. I think he's going to have a, a very nice NFL career. I know he's going to have a nice NFL career. He looked good yesterday, um, but um, you know I've always watched this guy Fred Jackson play, and I had a chance to see him up in person yesterday, see him play, and. I've always wondered how in the world is this kind of small guy's statue seem to break tackles? Uh, he's always breaking arm tackles. Um, he's a powerful runner, but he doesn't look like a powerful guy. And when I saw him yesterday in person, I had a chance to see a man and, um, he has a lower, his lower body is, is just thick. He has a lower, his, his, from his waist down is thick. I mean, the guy looked almost like a like Stump Mitchell from the old days, uh, Kansas City Chiefs old running back. But um, uh, CJ Spiller, who came back to his hometown, came back home yesterday. He he grew up not far from Jacksonville. He rushed for 13 times for um sixty seven yards five point two average, and, uh, and Jackson does what he always does seventeen carries eighty yards, uh longest run with nineteen yards and, and and it was it was a, it was a fairly good game I, I enjoyed the game I, I thought it was i thought it was, I thought it was good, a very entertaining game. Yep. Hey, but my Chicago Bears, and I say my Chicago Bears because Coach Mark Tressman was a graduate assistant with, at the University of Miami while I was there. And, uh, Coach Tressman went up against one of my, my former teammates, Rob Chazeski, with the, uh, Cleveland Browns. That's Rob Chazeski is the head coach for the Browns. Coach Tressman is the, uh, head coach for the, um, for the Bears. And Coach Tressman had a dilemma this this week. Um Jay Cutler, you know, he came back. He let Jay Cutler come back and start. And a lot of people thought that uh, maybe it wasn't time for Cutler to come back and start. However, Coach Tressman is the man I have a lot of faith in him. He won championships in the in the uh, Canadian Football League. He's um coached in the NFL, he's a coordinator with the um with the Oakland Raiders for a while, he's 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 had a nice career in the NFL, and I think he's doing a wonderful job right now with these Bears. You know, a lot of people are disappointed when Levy Smith lost lost his job last year, but um, Coach Tresman has stepped in. The record is eight and six right now, and uh, and they won yesterday, beating beating the uh, Cleveland Browns thirty eight thirty one. Um, the Browns are four and ten, and you know. Come on, Rob, we're pulling for you. I, I know you're going to do it. I think, you gotta, I think you're going to have a great career as a head coach in the NFL. I know it's going to take a minute, but I really think you're going to have a great career. You know, and a lot of people say, um, you know, I've heard some comments today that, um, you know, Jay Cutler didn't have such a great game. He threw three touchdowns, but he also threw, threw two interceptions, and the running game for um, – for the Bears, you know, Forte ran for um, uh, 127 yards, and Michael Bush ran for 44 yards. They had a solid running attack, but the the biggest, the the strength of the Chicago Bears is Brandon Marshall and Jeffries. Now, this kid Jeffries came from out of nowhere, but Brandon Marshall, who, who is from University of Central Florida here in um in Florida, has had a had a super career as an NFL player, and he still continues to have a great career with the Bears and Jay Cutler. So you know, I I I, I, I know Coach Trussman is going to have his team ready to play every week, and I really think that comes come playoff time, I think this team is going to be a team that um that that hey some some somebody's better watch somebody better watch themselves playing this team in the playoffs. I'm telling you, I think they're going to, um, they're going to do some things. I really do. And also yesterday, hey, you know, um, the Redskins shut down Robert Griffin. We don't call him Robert Griffin around here no more. We just call him Robert. The Redskins shut down Robert. And, um, you know, and they said it's, it's time for him to, 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 to do his thing on the bench from the sideline. And some people say, no, they shouldn't have shut him down. They should have let him finish the season. Hey, guys, when we get back, we're going to talk more about the Redskins and Atlanta Falcons and a whole lot more about the NFL. And we'll be right back with more sports info You on, on the Voice America Radio.
0: Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. Live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel.
2: Sports and medicine go hand-in-hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise
3: If you're looking for a show that takes you through the process of becoming a successful college athlete, you'll want to tune in to Get It Done Sports Radio with host Kareef Bird. You'll find out about the how-tos of getting to the next level and the do's and don'ts when preparing for college athletics. It's a complete inside look at what's turning out the next generation of players. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Sports.
2: Your internet flagship station for sports, Portsmouth is Sports.
0: You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum 3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: And welcome back to Sports Info UM. We got my man Sam with us. What's going on, Sam?
3: Uh, man, much dealt, man. Just, uh, just excited about this past weekend. A, l- a lot of great stories. Uh, I know you was talking about the Redskins and RG three. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little uh, surprised with that decision. Uh, Shanahan came out and said earlier uh, a couple weeks ago that uh, it was very important for the for RG three. To get as many reps as possible. Uh, it seems that he has, uh, changed courses on that decision. And, uh, it, it really looks to me, Daryl, that he's trying to force his way out of Washington, uh, via either getting fired. Uh, I really don't feel that Coach Shanahan will resign because, of he has seven million reasons not to resign. Uh, there will be some other coaching opportunities out there. Uh, currently the Houston, uh, Texans are, uh, is a job that uh, I'm sure he would be interested in. And uh, for him to start Kirk, Kirk Cousins over uh, the number one draft pick, they pretty much uh, gave up a fortune to get RG3, and now they're uh, kind of turning their back on him. You know, before they said that he was being uh, held out of games because of a uh, fear of being injured, there's some reports coming out of Washington that say that are saying that it's because of performance and uh the way he's being treated by uh the owner Snyder so um to me uh th- this is just a saga that uh that if I was the quarterback I wouldn't want to be in and uh RG three came out and said that he feel that he'll have a new coach in 2014. So there's there's a lot of different storylines coming out of Washington. And uh, there was a ball game played yesterday. They lost to the to the lowly Falcons 27 to 26. They decided to go for two. Uh, Kirk Cousins he played he played decent yesterday in his first start. But uh, for him to be in the ball game with seven turnovers there, that's just a testament to those guys going out and playing hard.
1: Hey, but uh, it wasn't long ago, Sam, that uh, it came out that um, one of Robert Griffin's opposing players came out and said that he shouldn't be out there on the field.
3: You remember that? Uh, yeah, so, uh, I did. I definitely, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's tough, you know, when your opponents are saying that you're not ready, uh, that he's playing hurt, that he's timid, but uh, at yeah. the same time, uh um uh, they put him in the in the line of fire for twelve thirteen weeks, and to all of a sudden decide that it's not the right time. Uh, I don't really buy that.
1: You know, I think I think Robert Griffin got a, a lot more uh, control than the average quarterback coming in, and and I guess what I mean is he he said a lot more than just the average rookie quarterback after his rookie season. You know, you just didn't hear Andrew Luck coming out, making commercials and all of this stuff with his family. And I'm not I'm not down in none of that. But at the same time, I think because he had an injury, he had an obligation to his team to focus all of his energy on getting healthy. I think he came back too soon. He came out and said I'll be ready the first game of the season. Without any preseason practice, any preseason contact, you know, this kid came out and said, I'll be ready. And he probably should have waited till they, after their first buy, which was about the fourth game of the season. He would have been a lot better off in that situation. But I don't think Robert Griffin wanted the competition of Kirk Cousins going out and playing well. And then people have been saying, people be saying, hey, we shouldn't put Robert Griffin in. We got Kirk Cousins. He's playing well. He didn't want that. So that's why he put all of this pressure on the organization, on the coach, and on itself to come back after the, for the first game of the season.
3: Well, Darrell, that was a lot of talk of uh, RG3 being fearful of Kirk Cousins uh, taking hold of that position. And, uh, but uh, when the when the, when the Redskins decided to give up future draft picks this year, they're giving up their first rounder, which is going to be a very high draft pick to the St. Louis Rams. Um, they pretty much or was all in for uh, for RG3. So I really don't feel that he should have felt uh, threatened by Kirk Cousins. And I also feel regardless of how well Kirk Cousins played, um, that's RG3's town, that's his city. Uh, the organization has invested so much in him after two years, I really feel that it would be hard for them to turn that back on him. Uh, I, in a way, I like the move of them playing Kirk Cousins because if he plays well, maybe they can get a second or third-round draft pick in uh, a trade for Kirk Cousins. I, I really feel that he's a serviceable quarterback. But, again, with some of these guys, with the way that uh, Matt Flynn has played uh, going in free agency, all those guys aren't always turning out to be uh-huh. What's expected of them after their uh, short audition? So uh, the jury's still out.
1: Yeah, you're right. The, the, the jury is still out, Sam. But um, it's 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 up to it's up to it's and time will tell. You know. And but I don't think Robert Griffin is. I, don't, I think it was a wise decision for the Redskins to pull him for the remainder of the season. I, I, I really do.
3: I mean, you're talking about a guy that needs reps, uh, and, and really, um, to me, he's weathered the storm, Daryl, because, uh, you said earlier you didn't feel that he should play to maybe after the bike, the bike week, which, which, which was, which would have been week four or five, uh, for them to pull him this late. Uh, I really feel that, that the Redskins have a lot more issues besides the RG3. You know, their offensive line, they're not protecting. Uh, he's been sacked, uh, on numerous occasions, uh, uh, his mobility, uh, it has gotten a lot better, um, as the season has progressed. But, uh, I really feel with RG3 going forward, he's gonna have to get over the mental battle. He's, he has some insecurities that he needs to work out. And, uh, if you're that franchise guy, it don't matter who they bring in, you know, you gotta have that confidence and that swagger about yourself that you're gonna go out, you're gonna lead your team to victory, uh, right now, uh, You know, with the injury, uh, battling and dealing with all of those mental issues, I don't really feel that that's RG3 right now. And uh, I'm not really sure how much the veteran guys respect him in that locker room, Dale. You know, and I I
1: think that all boils down to his behavior after the injury. You know, I I think a lot of guys, you know, him talking so much to the media, you know, it's, it's an old saying, it's best to be seen and not heard, not seen and heard. And we saw him and we heard him way more than we needed to last year's off season. And I hope this year's offseason he learned a little something and he, and, and he won't be seen so much and he won't be heard so much. You know, I'll never forget Donovan McNabb came out and said, hey, I asked, I asked Robert Griffin to sit down with me and my dad. Him and his dad sit down with me and my dad to just try to give him some of the do's and don'ts and, you know, kind of give him a little, little road map into this NFL thing. Donovan McNabb, man, is potential Hall of Famer. And if he turned down the help of Donovan McNabb, that shows a little arrogance about this guy, man. Donovan McNabb was not a bad guy. You know, this, this, this is not, um, um, you know, Vince Young we're talking about here.
3: He's it, it, not a bad guy, but I also feel that he's a little disgruntled in the way, uh, things turned out in Washington for himself. Uh, would he have been a, a guy, uh, a nice sounding board for RG3? Uh, yes, uh, he just, the, the veteran Donovan McNabb would have been a great, um, guy to maybe mentor young Robert Griffin III, but also feel that Donovan was a little disgruntled in how Shanahan, um, handled him. In Washington, Um, but at the same time, you know, it don't cost you nothing to listen, Daryl RG3 could have just did the respectful thing. He could have sat down with, uh, with Donovan and his father and listened. And, uh, he could have took the advice that was necessary for him to be successful. And uh, in all of the BS, you know, he could have went in one ear and out the other. But, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's, it's very interesting watching this. So now, uh, Mr. Snyder is going to be faced with, uh, do I? Uh, pay Shanahan seven million dollars and, uh, and have him as a lame duck coach on a one year contract, uh, or do I, um bring in a new guy for, uh, for Robert, uh, to hopefully, uh, speed up his progression, his process in, in becoming a franchise quarterback, uh, because they did. They waged the farm on them, Daryl. So now it's going to be very interesting to, um, to see how things play out in Washington. And uh, you know, we're talking about a team that is just—they're they're, they're, they're terrible. They're their best to me. Their best players are running back. Talking about a three, a three and eleven team uh, that's going to possibly have a top three or four draft pick that they won't get to use. So just think about. The Rams. I mean, you, you're talking about a team that has a lot of young assets already, and they they're going to continue to get better with uh, with two high first round picks. There, uh, you, you're talking about a team the team of the future. The, the Rams have got to be doing back, but they didn't. I, I I promise you, in a million years, they didn't think that, uh, this trade was going to turn out to be this this good in their um, favor.
1: You know, and, and I'm, I'm, you're right, Sam. The Rams are ecstatic about this trade and it's going to pay off for them this year. But I guess, um, I get, one more question before we leave these Redskins. If Shanahan is not going to be the coach next year for the Washington Redskins in this 2014 season coming up, who do you think will be a candidate for this job?
3: Well, I think Daryl, the guy that everybody uh, is, is going to go after, is uh, David Shaw, uh, the Stanford head coach. He's a, a brilliant uh, offensive mind. Uh, he he has NFL experience. He's coached in Baltimore. Uh, he was my coach in Oakland uh, when he was a young coach in in, in 1999. And uh, I, I tell you, he's a brilliant mind. His father was a great defensive coordinator uh, in the NFL. Uh, I, I think he's going to be on everyone's wish list, but I really feel that he has his dream job. He's a Stanford graduate. Uh, he, he's already coached in the NFL, so this won't be anything new to him. He's doing an outstanding job at Stanford. Uh, but with all of that being said, Darrell, when someone offers you the world, and when, and when I say the world, when they offer you 6 to $7 million, possibly more, It's going to be real hard for Stanford to match that. And, uh, you know, the NFL, those guys have unlimited uh, amounts of money. So uh, it's going to be very interesting. I really feel that he'll be on, uh, whether it's a college or professional job, he'll be a top two candidate on any list.
1: Well, you know, um, I'm I'm almost sure he is going to be on the list. But, you know, when you think about the pull that Robert has in Washington right now, how easy is it for him to say, "Hey, can we get my old coach Art ba- uh, Art Burles here?" You know, hey, I, I can see that happening. You know, um, we've had some success from some of these college coaches. As a matter of fact, Chip Kelly, you know, he's had a lot of success this year in the NFL more than I thought he was going to ever have. But uh, I don't think I don't think he's the person that we can leave off this list. Um, as a Redskins candidate,
3: uh, Art Browns, uh, I, I definitely agree there. I, I I think he's a brilliant offensive mind. Also, he's done some great things. And uh, to me, if you can win at Baylor, <laughs> that, that that's not an easy job. It wasn't a, it wasn't an easy job until Art Browns got there. He's doing he's doing an outstanding job. He's um he's a very creative offensive mind. and uh. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, RG three do have a lot of favor with the owner. There's all type of reports coming out of Washington that uh, Daniel Snyder uh, uh, loans RG three and his entourage, his uh, security, uh, it's basically whatever he wants, he gets. So uh, it, it'll be very interesting. There's also another story I, I'm coming out of Washington. Uh, former player Albert Haynesworth uh, has insinuated that. Uh, Shanahan has a clause in his contract that Daniel Snyder isn't allowed to really talk to the players. He said he felt that once Shanahan uh, became the head coach, uh, he wasn't able to uh, really speak to Mr. Snyder uh, like he was before. So there's just a lot, a lot of uh, interesting stories coming out of Washington from uh, various sources, and uh, they're almost uh, as dysfunctional or even more dysfunctional uh, than the Dallas Cowboys.
1: <laughs> oh, Sam, you know, and I guess we can move on, because we'll be talking about these Redskins forever. But yesterday, man, I talked about this earlier before you came on, you know, Tony Romo threw two interceptions, two interceptions late in the fourth quarter, and Dez Bryant had the nerve to lead a field with a minute and something left in the game. How do you
3: feel about just, Des Bryant leaving? Uh, I, I don't condone anyone uh, leaving the field. Uh, I read reports out of Dallas uh, when quotes from Dez saying that he was very uh, emotional. Uh, he didn't want people to see him crying. I, I really do feel that Dez Bryant is a very passionate football player. Uh, he has a lot of fire in him. Uh, he has a, um, a competitive competitive edge, uh it makes him great. But, uh, you know, you got to learn how to control your emotions. Uh, it, it's a team game. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of guys was frustrated uh, or just as frustrated as this, uh, but they stayed out. And, and they watched it, you know. Uh, so uh, I, I feel that he was sincere in his apology. Um, he was upset. But at the same time, I really do feel that the Cowboys uh, need to take action and possibly find him. Uh, I wouldn't suspend him because Dez Bryant is the best football player, in my opinion. Uh, he had a tremendous game yesterday. He's having a tremendous season and um, he, he's a big part of the Cowboys future. Uh, Dallas just can't seem to finish and uh, uh I, I I really don't know what the I, I can't I still can't think them why they start running the ball. They had the game in control, uh, was up twenty six points, was running the ball well, and uh, you know, they put the game in Romo hands again and uh he he continues to disappoint in December
1: yeah he he really does man and um and i and I think I really blame this game more on the coordinators than I do on um on 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 Romo you know what i'm saying how how could you if if you're gonna send a play in you you tell them exactly what's going on hey there is no alternate we're running. You understand what I'm saying? There's no, like, I'm calling in and you got an option whether to run or pass. No, no. We're up by two touchdowns. There is no option. We are running the ball. And I just don't understand how how we could actually put this on Romo when it, he had an option. He shouldn't have had an option. And I, I know he's a pro, but he's, he's –
3: you know. Well, there. when you invest $100 million in a guy like the Cowboys investing in Romo, um, I, I agree with you that they should have been running the ball. I mean, DeMarco Murray had an outstanding game yesterday, 18 carries, 134 yards and a touchdown, over seven yards a carry. And even if there is a run, pass option, uh, run the ball with eight guys in the box, nine guys in the box, punt the ball. Um, to me, uh Whether you're the offensive coordinator or the head coach, uh, to me, Romo gets the blame. If if you saw the pass that he threw, he was throwing off his back foot, he was not balanced, just piss-poor mechanics, Um, a guy that's a veteran in the NFL, uh, a big-time quarterback, a $100 million quarterback, Darrell. To me, you just don't make that throw. If anything, you take the sack and you point the ball. I mean, if, if the throw is there, you make the throw, but if not, there, come on. You you, you got to get rid of the ball.
1: Sam, I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I guess I'm saying he should – you know, Romo's history in the fourth quarter tells me that the offense coordinator has to almost spoon-feed spoon him what he wants him to do. You just can't give this young man a lot of options, man, and I think I – think, um, I think they gave him a a bit too many options. I really do. Hey, guys, you listen to Sports Info UM on Voice America. We'll be right back with a whole lot more sports information.
2: Your internet flagship station for sports.
0: America Sports. 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football.
2: It's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here. The sports girls take over the Voice America Sports Channel every Monday for the Inside Score. Beth Silverberg, Chin Chin Ong, and Julie Bueller are here to showcase the athletes, the coaches, and the foundations that change lives. In addition, we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week. You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The inside score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel.
0: You may not know all their names
2: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice
0: of America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info U.M. with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now back to the show,
1: and welcome back to Sports Info. You know what I'm Sam. Let's get right into this playoff picture, man. The NFL playoff picture in the AFC. Sam, the Denver Broncos have clinched, but they are they're on a two game loser streak.
4: I'll tell you, Darrell. Denver eleven and three. The Pats ten and four. The Bengals nine and five. The Colts nine and five. And KC eleven and three. Those five teams are pretty much guaranteed to be in the playoff. Uh, The seeding in in the the order they're going to be that's to be determined. Um, When I look at this AFC, the the three teams that I'm more interested in is Miami, Baltimore, and the Chargers. Miami sitting at eight and six. They're currently in the number six spot. Baltimore plays tonight. They're seven and six. They got a tough game tonight against the Lions. The Chargers are seven and seven, and in my opinion, are the better the better team out of the three. But I really feel that Miami has the edge when it comes to remaining games. They beat it. They won a tough game yesterday at home versus the Patriots. Uh, they the remainder of their schedule. They play the Bills and the Jets. Those are two. Uh, Fairly, I'm not going to say they're easy, but uh, when you look at Baltimore, they face the Lions tonight, and they finish with the Patriots and the Bengals. Those, those are three tough games for the defending Super Bowl champions. The Chargers sitting at seven and seven has an outside shot. In my mind, I feel that they're going to win their next two games. They play Oakland and Kansas City. They beat Kansas City earlier in Kansas City, and they finish out the season uh, with Kansas City at home. The Chargers are hot. Phillip Rivers is playing well. And uh, it's going to be an interesting picture. But if I was going to bet my money, I would say the Miami Dolphins will finish 10-6 and 6 and will make the playoffs, there. And after all of the adversity that Miami has been going through lately, that's just a testament, the ownership to the head coach uh, for, to get his team through this.
1: So you really think that
4: um, the Dolphins
1: will be in the playoffs before the Bengals?
4: No, the Bengals are, are in the playoffs. They're 9-5. and five. They're winning their division. Uh, I, I feel that the Bengals are good. But okay. I feel that Dolphins are going to be a wild card.
1: I tell you, I think the Dolphins, if, if they make the playoffs, I think I could see them... Um, some, mixing it up a little bit in the playoffs I, I really can they really has a lot they have a lot of athletes on offense, man, and their defense is is, is playing as good as any uh, right now in that, at this point in the season and they 've gone up up north and won games in the cold weather the last two weeks so um they, well this week they actually played at home but two weeks for two weeks prior to that they went up up north and won games so um I'm, i I could see the
4: the 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 uh, the dolphins um Mixing it up a little bit in the playoffs, Sam. Especially when you see what Baltimore again—they they face the lines tonight, and if they lose, the Dolphins will be one game up. They said yeah. New England and and the Bengals, so that those are like Baltimore has. Uh, if Baltimore win these next three games, they deserve to be in the playoffs, Darrell. because they they it's not going to be easy. The lines, the Patriots, the Bengals, uh, it, it's tough. My question for the AFC. Does anyone really wanna just stand up and take that number one seed? You know, the Denver lost and opened the door up for New England and then New England goes to um, Miami, had a lead, lost late. Uh the Bengals lost last night, got dominated by the Steelers, they're nine and five, uh Kansas City, you know, hey, if Denver slip up and lose another game, the Chiefs look really good yesterday. The Chiefs can possibly win a division after losing two games to Denver. So um, you, you never know what's going to happen.
1: And, uh, Sam, you know, the Chiefs played the Raiders. Everybody looked good against the Raiders. Hey, But, Sam, you know, the Steelers, man, you know, they're still in the hunt. You know, they have the Packers and the Browns remaining. And, uh, and the Packers, you know, eventually Aaron Rodgers is going to come back um this season I just I just think he's gonna come back and do something but do the Steelers
4: actually have a legitimate chance of making the playoffs at all well Daryl, sitting at six and eight and uh looking at Miami they're eight and six Baltimore seven and six the Chargers seven and seven the Steelers really need these the three teams in front of them to lose out and um All finish eight and eight and win some type of tiebreaker. I I, I really feel that uh, it would be a. um a testament to the Steelers if they can win their next two games and finish eight and eight and just miss the playoffs but uh I I really feel that the odds are stacked against them at being six and eight um they 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 did look good last night but just with the two games that Miami have left uh they're they're gonna need Miami to lose both of their games they're gonna need um Baltimore to lose their next three games and I really don't feel that uh it's possible that the Chargers can split and go uh, one and one. They got to Oakland and Kansas City, but uh, I mean that's going to be a tough task uh, for the Steelers to make the playoffs.
1: You know, right now the Ravens are a seventh seed, and they they play the Lions tonight, and they also play the Patriots and the Bengals. You know, um, you know how, how do you see this team? You know, uh, last year we saw them. Um, we we've seen this team get in as a wild card and make a lot of noise in the past. Can we see something similar to that this year with Flacco and the game?
4: Well, I'll tell you, Darrell, if they make the playoffs, they definitely earned their way in the playoffs. Uh, Again, with the three three remaining games they have, I mean again the Lions they're fighting for their playoff lives. If if they win tonight the Lions go uh to the number 4 seed because they'll be in a tie with Chicago and and they're going to win the um the split with Chicago. So uh you, you're talking about two teams tonight that are fighting for their playoff lives, the defending Super Bowl champions and the Lions. Uh, in Baltimore's case, I really feel that the head coach is safe. In the Lions' case, I feel that uh, if the Lions don't make the playoffs with the talent they have on their roster, that we'll be looking for a new coach in Detroit Darryl, next year.
1: Wow. You really think so? Yes. You know, it, it, wow. I, I she, haven't really thought about it like that, but uh, I, I can see where you're coming from with that.
4: Just too much talent in Detroit to uh, to not. And the Lions got a uh, they got a little too pretty in a couple games this year, and uh, they they just haven't been finishing games. I mean, there's a lot of talent on that roster. Hey, but they are moving along to the NFC. Seattle, uh, in my opinion, the road to the Super Bowl is going to go through Seattle, and uh, it's not going to be an easy road for the teams in the NFC. You
1: know, and when you look at Seattle's remaining games, um, the Cardinals and the Rams, I don't see them really uh, putting up speed bumps for this team on their way to the playoffs. And, you know, um, that 12th man is legitimate in Seattle, oh. and, I, and I really think that uh, it makes a difference. Uh, I think that um, I think the Seahawks are going to make some noise in the playoffs, but I really don't see them going to the Super Bowl.
4: Well, Darrell, I'll tell you what, New Orleans, the number two seed, Uh, Seattle dominated New Orleans, Philadelphia at at eight and six, they're the number three seed, Chicago at eight and six, they're currently the number four seed, Uh, Carolina at 10 and four They are the number five seed. They do have the potential to move up to the number two seed if they beat uh, New Orleans this week. So that's definitely going to be a game that's going to be very interesting. They will have the um, Saints at home. San Fran at 10 and 4. They're they're knocking on the door. Uh, Arizona. At the number seventeen, number seven seed team in the NFC, they're sitting at nine and five. And again, this is a team if they if they make the playoffs, they're gonna have to earn their way in. Daryl. They play Seattle this week and they end up at uh San Francisco. The number eight seed Lions, I really like the Lions. If they can win tonight, they finish with the Giants and the Vikings. Green Bay at seven, six and one. Uh they play Pittsburgh and Chicago. So Green Bay, if the Lions lose tonight, Green Bay control their own destiny because they play Pittsburgh and Chicago. If they can win those two games. They will make the playoffs. Dallas has seven and seven. They're their number 10 seed. They play Washington and Philly. So Dallas, if they can win their next two games, depending on what happened with, uh, with Philly, hey, when you end with Philly, it's probably we're possibly looking at the last week of the season, a winner makes the playoff uh, with uh, Philadelphia and the Cowboys. Because I want to say the Cowboys won their first meeting. I think they did win their first meeting. But, uh, so, the, so the Cowboys control their own destiny. At 7-7, seven and seven, Daryl. you're talking about a team that if they beat Washington and they go into the last game of the season and if they beat Philadelphia – they're gonna make the playoffs because Dallas beat them in uh week seven, seventeen to three. So the Cowboys, even though they're the number ten seed, they have the potential to move all the way up into the top four into the uh either the number three or the number four seed. So uh hey, again, a team that controls their own destiny.
1: Man, I honestly um I don't see the Cowboys making the playoffs this year. And I'm and I'm beginning to wonder if the cowboys are going to make the playoffs before jerry jones sells the team man i'm i'm just not so sure that if if he is not the reason why this team is is suffering in the way they are i think he has a lot to do with it man i really do
4: i feel that he is the worst general manager in all of pro sports uh I think he's a great businessman, but uh I don't think Jerry's gonna sell the team there. I really feel that uh, the only how this team uh his son's gonna inherit this team because Jerry's not gonna sell the Cowboys. Uh that's his pride and joy. Uh I wouldn't be surprised if there's a coaching change in Dallas also if they don't make the playoffs. Uh the the loss yesterday was uh it was it was embarrassing and uh before uh, Jerry Jones was saying that uh, Garrett's going to be his coach. You know he's kind of mum on the situation right now, and you know, hey, if the right guy's available, Daryl, Jerry will make that call.
1: Hey man, you know, before we get off Jerry Jones, let's get into one more legend in the game of football before we leave. Saban, the coach for the. Alabama Crimson Tide. You know, there's so many ridiculous stories about him on the Internet and everywhere else about uh, Texas. He wanted Texas to give him a, a $50 million loan that, uh, that they would pay off. Um, it's, it's just unbelievable stories, man. Um, they say Saban made a real estate deal in Alabama some time back, where he lost like forty million dollars. Um, so that's why he got the big contract with Alabama. Some even said that the, the Alabama alumni, um, the university, was not very happy with the new contract. But they don't run the university; alumni run the university.
4: Ah, uh, well, Daryl. Uh, I'm not sure. The one thing I can tell you about Coach Saban, he's a great ball coach. And uh, all all of this stuff can be speculation. Uh, I I really feel that uh, he has the best job in college sports at the University of Alabama. He's won three national championships. He was knocking on the door uh, for a fourth one. Uh, You know, sometimes when people don't get what they want, they put out all type of... uh, Stories and they try to assassinate people's characters. Uh, assassinate people's characters. So, uh, just just not really sure that I'm gonna. I'm buy to to all of that.
1: You know, where there's smoke, there's fire, Sam. And um, and and I'm and one more thing before we go, Sam. Who will? Who's your candidate for this for this Texas job? One more time. If it's not going to be saving, and I think he's taking his hat out of the race. With his comments now saying with the new contract at the University of Alabama, who is it going
4: to be? The one guy who I would like to see go to uh, Texas is—I'm uh, telling you—Texas is is a gold mine. It's, it's just—it's just oil waiting to be struck. Uh, and, and I think the guy that can strike oil at Texas is. Uh, It's Les Miles. He's a Michigan man. Uh, He's done an outstanding job at LSU. I really don't feel that the people in Louisiana um, appreciate the job that he has done. Uh, I I really feel he will be able to recruit that state, not only the state of Texas, he'll be able to recruit on a national level. Uh, Another guy uh, who we know can uh, sell uh, water to a well is Urban Meyer. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he'd leave for... uh, saving type of money, uh, if not more. I heard that Texas was willing to pay up to $10 million a year for a guy. I'm, I can promise you if they offered Urban Meyer $10 million, he's gone. We got 30 seconds, Darrell. Take us home. Hey, man.
1: I hope Urban Meyer leaves. um Ohio State because he's built something great there. He built something great at University of Florida, and it's time for him to leave. And then when he leaves, somebody else will come along and do do a very good job at Ohio State. He'll get that Texas job and run it in the ground. Get their money and do nothing with it. I'd like to see that happen, Irvin. Go ahead and take that Texas job, buddy.
4: And when he stops winning, Daryl, he'll he'll get sick.
1: Uh, <laughs> he'll have to go for sure. Yeah.
4: Hey yep. guys, you're listening to Sports Info. You're on the Voice America Network. It was great being with you tonight. We look forward to having you with us next week. Peace.
1: Peace.